You are listening to the Technical SEO Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Tech SEO Podcast. I'm Kira Davidson, your host, and today I've got joining me is Jeremy. Um, would you mind uh, giving our listeners a little bit of background information about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a longtime practitioner of SEO. I'm currently running my own freelance agency and a small startup keyword research tool. Um, I have worked with large SEO SaaS companies like Raven Tools and TapClicks as their in-house SEO. I have consulted with Captain B, Captain D's, uh, Logan's Roadhouse, and other large entities, as well as helped dozens of, you know, roofers, plumbers, a toilet partition manufacturer. Um, so I've seen technical SEO from like small implementation medium size and huge enterprise organizations. So I've kind of seen it all. <laughs> Definitely sounds like it. I think most people have all worked on like a roofing site or a plumber site, especially when they first start out. Uh, it's great to see that even people over the pond did the exact same. Absolutely. My first client was actually a tailor in Riverside, California. And I'm very proud to say 12 years later, he's still number one. Oh, wow, that's really impressive. 12 years, undisputed. Undisputed champion. I don't know how many tailors there are, but he's the top of that pile. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter as long as he's top. <laughs> he's, he's number one. It, he might be the only one, but he's still number one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that falls then nicely onto your topic of uh, keyword research forecasting, because surely he'd have to be uh, uh, targeting lots of uh, top keywords to be still in position one. Yeah, so it's always important, you know, at, at every level of agency to actually not just think about the keyword process of, oh, hey, you do that gut check, you say, what would you say you do here? <laughs> is actually the first thing I do with, with prospective clients that call me, or if I'm doing a short consultation, that's always the first thing. I take them to their homepage and ask, ask the question out loud, can we tell what it is that you do by actually reading the text you use on your homepage? Not the pictures, not the videos, what do you actually say about your business? And, you know, that's the first step. And then the second step is once you realize, you know what, no, we um, actually didn't say that we do roofing. I had a, a client and I really had to ask them what they did because they had pictures of restaurants, they had pictures of renovation. I was like, are you a builder? And like, no, we do rebranding for large chain restaurants. And I'm like, might be a good thing to say that. <laughs> but yeah. then we took the next step and said, okay, well, let's do some research and find out when people are searching for a phrase of, uh, you know, restaurant rebranding, franchising, like, are there terms and terminology around that, um, that people are using that isn't an industry term that the client knows? Let's make a sheet, you know, let's do some competitive research, pull in keywords, and then let's see how much volume is there. And once we see how many people a month are searching there, let's connect that back to your business model. You know, 
are you lead based or e-commerce? Oh, your leads. Well, just because you get a conversion off of the marketing site, that's not money in the business's pocket. They've got a sale conversion rate. You know, how many leads do they need to close? Then you take it one step further and say, okay, out of those closes, how much revenue per sale? Uh, is it a one-time sale or is it a recurring? Is there like a lifetime value for this customer? So with that process, you started the fundamental of what would you do here? What is it that you do? And take it all the way through. Well, if you did rank for these keywords, here's how much you could make. Mm. And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle that gets lost in the whole, oh, I want to rank for a keyword. No, you don't want to rank for a keyword. You want to get more business. So let's figure out what keywords you need to rank to rank on, how that is going to ultimately impact your business. Exactly. Because ultimately businesses are only interested in the profit that they make. Um, Absolutely. And I think it's a challenge to having worked at an in-house position for so long as well, um, about five or six years with Raven Tools, um, getting the budget and the attention of C-suite to actually execute on a sustained SEO program, even when you're a dedicated employee for it, you may realize I need more people or I need the okay to buy this content or to spend this time on this because you could get pulled in all kinds of different directions as an in-house position. Um, so unless you have that main line of, oh, hey, here's how much additional revenue we could be bringing from the SEO channel, it's going to be hard to talk to your boss and get approved, um, you know, a subordinate or an addition per additional person in your department. Exactly. And I guess it also can help um, show the importance of where resources are going to be needed. And so, for example, um, you've highlighted that by focusing on X number of keywords within a specific topic can help generate X uh, revenue. It can then help um, to justify uh, increasing resources in certain areas of the business, uh, for example, such as uh, content production, because without um, producing that supporting content to help rank for these keywords, it's going to make it a lot difficult to get that ultimate reward. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, budget and resource allocation is really, you know, a large part of the game. You know, like having a ground game. Someone in, in, on Reddit the other day was arguing, you know what, uh, SEO is is not that hard as experts make it out to be. And I kind of quibbled with that and said, individually, anything that you do is not particularly difficult. You know, you can write content, you could do keyword research, you could fix technical issues and make sure that you're crawled. But you have to have a game plan and you have to execute on it. And that's hard, especially as businesses change focus so quickly. You have to, you know, think forward almost an entire year in your mind and say, okay, if there's the objective, this is how much volume there is in monthly search. And here's a reasonable idea of uh, what's, what's at the end of the rainbow. Because if you don't know what's at the end of the rainbow, you're not going to get people to follow you. You're not going to get your client to follow you. And you're not going to get your boss to follow you. You're not going to get his 
boss who's in the C-suite and they're making arguments on budget all the, all the time. They probably see human as a, a human resources, not as a resource, but as an expense. And so you have to justify that expense with potential profit. Mm. And by looking at the keywords, it helps to show that. And I think that's a really good point you made um, about planning it in advance. It's great conducting keyword research, but for example, if uh, you're doing it for like the likes of Mother's Day, um, which has recently just passed for us, there's no point looking at it the month before because it's not enough time for content to be produced, um, it to be optimized, it to be indexed and ranked and actually have an impact. So yeah, like you said, things need to be looked at well in advance. Absolutely. There's seasonality that you have to consider. Um, for example, I have a kayak customer. Oh, same. So they, they run kayak tours here in Nashville. And, you know, uh, we, we have done great in getting them uh, ranking higher, but the peak of increasing our rankings coincided with the end of their season. And so if I were not thinking about the next year um, focus and goals, it would be really hard to report to that client that, hey, we're ranking number one and our traffic is down like 80% if I didn't have that seasonality in mind. Um, you know, same with pay-per-click ads, running ads in December for a kayak tour when it's literally frozen, um, you're not going to get as many bookings. You're not going to get people thinking about it. You're not going to get the volume. Um, so when you do that keyword research, you make your sheet you get your keywords and your volume, your cost per click, but you need to add two columns. You need to add one for, um, you know, conversion. Like how likely is this keyword to convert? But you also need to add a note for each keyword you want to target um, because you, uh, every keyword is different. Uh, you know, kayak, there's seasonality that might be impacting it, or it could be on a specific holiday, or it could be, you know, this is impacted by a tour or a conference. Um, so every keyword really needs its own individual notation about its ups and downs and, you know, how you might target and focus on it. And I think, you know, we get so engrossed in these tools that can produce thousands of keywords. You're like, oh, right, I'm going to sit down and put add a note for a thousand keywords I want to target. Um, <laughs> it becomes a bit much, but there is a qualitative aspect that you as an analyst must bring to the table because the ubiquity, the availability of SEMrush and Ahrefs and uh, keywords everywhere. There's there's hundreds of keyword research tools, but the point is that you need to bring your brain to the table and not just look at the volumes, but think through seasonality. Think about uh, you know uh, on and off events or things that you have to build up for. Yeah, I also think um, intent is a massive one as well. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that I noticed for a client is they sell like um, luxury cuts of meat. Yeah. Um, and the difference is of intent between um, diced beef and stewing steak is massive. So it highlights the potential opportunity that there is that could be missed 
be missed out on if you were to target the wrong term. Yeah, and there's a lot of those false positives that if you just set it and forget it, you just, uh, you know, one of the processes I do uh, when I pull clients on is I take their target keyword and look at the top 10 organic results and pull the top 100 keywords from each of those domains and put that into a sheet. And you can kind of get a picture of what are other people ranking for through that. But that's a mechanical process, right? So then I've got, you know, 700 or 1000 keywords. But if I don't take the time to filter through that, if it's if I'm looking at a uh, solar panel cleaner, a guy that services solar panels, well, all of those sites also rank for clean solar energy. The intent of somebody searching for clean solar energy is not the same intent as someone searching for clean solar panel, <laughs> right? Yeah, like they're, they're similar and uh, Google and uh, can get those signals confused, but the intent of somebody searching for those terms are absolutely night and day. Um, you have to look at you know, what's the intent of somebody searching for that phrase? So even though there may be volume there, uh, you have to also think about that transaction aspect. How close is a person who's searching this to actually buying my stuff? So I use a one to three scale, uh, whatever keyword research process I use, whatever, whatever tool, SEMrush or whatever I pull down, um, I add a column and I rank things from one to three. Three being, these guys are going to convert. Somebody searching for this wants to buy my stuff for this particular service. The twos are, they're topically engaged. This is like, uh, you know, somebody is researching um, heating problem solutions. Uh, you know, why is my bedroom so cold, you know, uh, versus HVAC repair, you know, mm -hmm. the, there's, there's a difference in those two. And then, of course, there's the, the ones where are those false positives. You know what? This person, it looks like these words seem similar, but the person searching for this is not interested. Once you have that one to three scale, you're going to trim off 50% or more of the keywords that any keyword estimate tool is going to give you. Then you have a reasonable set. That's when you, you're like, okay, this is my index of keywords that I'm going to target. Um, and that's when you pop it into whatever rank tracking software you like um, and start monitoring and kind of dividing up the work. But you have to do that qualitative effort first. Yeah. And once you have, um, once you've done that step, is that when you usually take that, that list of keywords to determine the value that it could provide for a business if implemented correctly? Exactly. Once you've, you've um, filtered down that quality, you, you start multiplying things because you've got the volume, you need to multiply by an organic click-through rate. So the good news is that there's Systrix, there's also advanced web research. They, they are doing studies. They have so much data flowing through their system that they can give you a rough estimate of if you're in position number one, generally uh, you get 36% of the click-through rate. If you're in position two, you get 
21%. If you're in position three, you get 17%. So those numbers are available. So if you know the volume and you know the organic click-through rate generally, you can get an estimate of, okay, well, if I ranked at the top of the page for this, here's how much traffic I could get. And you could see if I ranked at the bottom of this page, that's how much traffic I could get. That's the next step. Then you multiply by your conversion rate, which sadly, <laughs> uh, the amount of clients I've audited that have their conversion tracking down is one out of a hundred. So you really have to make sure you have either a good stand-in value of a conversion rate that you want to reach, or take some time to make sure you have double checked what it is you're calling a conversion. Um, because half of the time when you're setting up those Google analytic goals and you're tracking your conversions, you're like, yay, I got a goal. Oh, well, that was just the form page load, not them submitting the form. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many clients that set up goals. They're like, I'm doing really well, but these uh, conversions don't match with the leads that my salespeople are getting. And I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, that's because you're just literally tracking how many people are landing on the, the form page, not how many people are submitting it. So you either need to add that Google event uh, to that button um, through a WordPress widget or a WordPress plugin or a markup or uh, sending them to a landing page. Uh, it nine times out of 10 is the easiest way to track those conversions better. Um, but they're still not in the bag. You have to take it one step further and you have to ask, how many leads do you get and how many sales do you get in a month? If you get that, then you can get a rough, you know, lead close rate, conversion rate to start off with. And it's strange because sometimes businesses are really straightforward about that, but I've had a lot of customers, um, they don't have that figured out. They don't know uh, how many calls or forms they're getting compared to how many sales they're getting. And so you have to actually play more than a, an SEO. You have to um, ask some business-related questions, um, which is a hat that a lot of SEOs, I think, avoid wearing. Yeah, I think, I think it's something that takes time to learn, um, especially to ask the right questions to make sure you're able to get the answers that you need. That's, that's very true. Like knowing, you know, first you have to know that you need to ask, and then you have to know how do you ask that question in a way that's going to get a, the answer that you can use. Because you could ask them, well, how many, how many, how effective are your sales guys? Um, that's a, you know, they'll say, oh, they're doing really well. Well, you can't type into a, a sheet doing very well <laughs> multiplied by x volume uh, of conversion in conversions that doesn't mean anything so you have to say as a percentage you know how uh what's your rate of conversion you know how many sales do you convert like if you've got a hundred leads how many turn to sales if exactly. you, that's the best way to phrase that and then then you can connect it to revenue. Say, okay, well, you're selling that service. How much is that service? But more frequently, uh, there's more to it because <laughs> you're actually probably doing a recurring revenue or they might buy multiple things. So you might have to do some extra calculation of uh, if they're signing up for a service, how long uh, do they keep that service? 
Um, yeah. You know, if it's a SaaS, if it's a so piece of software, um, you ask, uh, okay, what's the cost per month for the service? And uh, how long is your typical, do you keep your typical customer? Then you've got a, a lifetime value for that acquisition and you use that instead. And obviously um, the world's uh, changed a lot over this past year with the likes of COVID. Have you found that it's significantly impacted the way in which you can like, like forecast the value of keywords at all? Um, so yeah, there are shifts in trends that are definitely not on their normal curve. If you are working with the travel uh, industry, if you're working with anybody in hospitality, then the volumes and revenue are definitely going to be off from any data that you're pulling from like previous years. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that was a huge thing with my kayak tour client, yeah. you know, they shifted their entire business model to, uh, instead of in-person tours and they got a tour guide, instead they were doing, you know, curbside rentals and the entire yeah. business model shifted and changed. And so the expectation, um, you know, had to be modified. We had to change, you know, how much revenue are we expecting to get? How many of them uh, do you actually have available? So again, that comes to more awareness of the client's business versus more awareness of just simple digital marketing metrics. So um, I think um, to be an effective SEO in this age, you do need to, you know, get more into that business analyst side to really deliver for the organic SEO channel for a business, large or small. Yeah, and I think that's really important because you want, like as an SEO, our aim is to help a business succeed. Um, and by channeling into that sort of analyst environment, that will help that. Absolutely. Um, you just... You can't just think about rankings anymore. It's got to be a little bit deeper. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And it's make, like, I definitely think how um, that the kayak tour company has managed to pivot is great because I wouldn't be surprised if um, lots of more people were interested in that, getting out in the fresh air, enjoying what they have on their doorstep almost. So I reckon there's probably, you've probably seen a surge in that. Um, but it would have been a massive headache for that company to initially pivot and oh, yeah. to be able to capitalize upon that. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, heartache and uh, headache inducing for them because, you know, they've got a fleet of kayaks and if they let someone rent it for the day, well, they can't do three tours with that one kayak. Instead, one person has it. So they, you know, have to adjust that business model. So, you know, and we had to uh, make sure that we, you know, included as enough detail. Um, fortunately, outdoor activities were the first thing 
um, that people's minds went to. Well, I'm in lockdown, um, so I can't go to the mall, but may, can I be on the water by myself? Is it safe? Am I allowed to be in a kayak by myself? You know, there was a lot of different restrictions in different regions. So we had to, you know, make sure it was okay with the business uh, department in, in Nashville. Like what are, what can, what pieces of our business can we open up? Um, so I, I think that's a challenge, you know, with a lot of in-person businesses, you know, that's something that uh, a lot of consultants are working with clients who've had to pivot or change models. And then obviously with that pivot, that then means like a whole new set of keyword research mm. and getting all that forecasting done all over again. But it's probably difficult to do the forecasting um, because of the circumstances that those sort of industries would be in. Yeah, that's, time frames that's, of implementing. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Like trying to, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, six, 12 months ago, like there was no search volume for COVID or mass, um, you know, mass, mask volume for keywords was for Halloween masks. You know, so you can't use historical values for some of these things. Um, so unfortunately, that leads you into the world of it depends. <laughs> yeah. And uh, typically, I find companies don't like that. They don't like the unknown. They like to know uh, if you do X and Y, you will get this. Yeah, you there's you can only take the forecasting first for so long because even you know any industry that has forecasts you have to always hedge and you always have to say uh you know because it's an estimate and it's estimate based off of multiple factors and variables so you know you just be upfront about that um but it is challenging because seo is not something it's not ppc and i can't take an ad group and say okay within two months, here's what's going to be your return on ad spend. You give me $2,000, we will aim to spend this much and you'll get this many conversions worth this much money. Uh, it doesn't quite work that way because you have to do the work, you have to publish content, you have to optimize the site. And uh, it's not, you know, like that one, first two months, you're probably not going to get you might not get as much traction and it could be something you know that's going be up in the right but it's a slower curve so you have to work that into your thinking okay just because you know what's what the gold is at the end of the rainbow doesn't mean that that climb up that rainbow is going to be at the same pace the entire time you yeah know? and that's that's a challenge like i've been working on you know thinking through different models of okay well you know, if I know, if I'm ranked at number 10, I get this much traffic, number nine at this much traffic. Well, okay, if we graph out, you know, how much if we traveled up to keyword position one over the course of 10 months, um, it could look like this. But then you have to be more realistic. Okay, how frequently are we actually publishing content? You've given me a budget of $50. I can't publish, uh, you know, in in-depth article every month, every month uh, off of that particular budget so you have to balance that expectation uh, professionally you have to show the value at the end and not be a snake oil salesman um, <laughs> and also you know 
have a program in place that builds contents, links, and fixes technical SEO issues to get there. Exactly. It's really important that all three like pillars of SEO all work together to get that end goal. Yeah, because <laughs> you can publish as much content as you want, but if your dev dropped a no index tag, uh, you're yeah. all going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost pointless doing that content because there isn't going to be any SEO benefit. It, yeah, it, there's definitely, you know, like I say, uh, meat on the bone when it comes to technical, but, uh, you know, you have to make sure they can, it can be crawled. Uh, otherwise you're just spinning your wheels, creating a bunch of content nobody will see. Exactly. And ultimately we all want to rank. We all want a return on investment. So it's important that it, the site is technically sound. So then the uh, keywords for, that you forecasted can do what that can do their job. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a client and they had basically a, a big database um, of allergen recipes in, of restaurants and their allergy specials, um, you know, their sensitivities. And they're like, we're not showing up. And I realized it's because it's all a single page application and it was server side. And so Google couldn't actually index this huge bulk of content because the the developer that created that JavaScript based program wasn't thinking about SERPs, wasn't thinking about customers. He was just thinking, what's the easiest way for me to access and show this data from the database? And, you know, there's basically, you know, very little or zero availability, accessibility to SERPs when you use that um, single page application website. Um, so, Absolutely, technical SEO is the only solution for that customer uh, because he should be ranking next to Yext. You know, he should be ranking next to yellowpages.com, but those pages don't really exist to Google in the format that they're being served up now. Yeah, so then Google isn't going to see that and index it. Yeah, it's just a he massive headache that is. I think it's been uh, great speaking with you today. I really appreciate you uh, joining us on the Tech SEO podcast and helping me uh, get my foot through the door in the speaking side of things. Um, I've had so much fun talking about keywords and the value that they can provide for businesses. Uh, so thanks again for joining me. Absolutely, my pleasure. It's been great. I really appreciate your help. Uh, anytime you want me, I'm ready to come back. <laughs> <laughs>